Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. There, welcome to the 10th. I'm your host, Scott Feldman. And it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, it's been five years since we started Tenant Aquatics, actually over five years, and the global movement of botanical style aquariums is really starting to take off. I've said that before, but it's really palpable now. And I've been really proud to have played a small role in the growth of this movement. And now people often ask me about the kinds of aquariums that, that we here at Tenant uh, create and play with. They ask a lot about blackwater aquariums, which are incredibly cool. However, the term blackwater aquarium to me seems so limiting and somewhat restrictive when used to describe what it is that we do. Perhaps it's even misleading, really. What I do is I tell people that I play with natural botanical style aquariums. So here's the thing. When we talk about botanical style aquariums, we're not just talking about blackwater aquariums or even aquariums with deeply tinted water. Now, sure, I love them. A lot of us do. However, what we proffer is not just a way to make your tank water dark. It's about the idea of utilizing botanical materials to impart substances to the water that impact the physical, chemical, and ecological aspects of our closed system aquariums. To state that the botanical style aquarium movement is just about black water is really to sell it short. There's so many hobbyists who enjoy the look and benefits of using leaves and other botanical materials in their tanks without tinted water. They simply admire the look and the benefits of these types of aquariums. So it's important for us to mention this now and again so that we don't get confused or even feel that there is some underlying rule or something about how to do stuff correctly. Now think about this. You can have perfectly crystal clear aquariums with blue-white water and tons of leaves and botanicals. For some reason, the popular perception of this mainstream aquarium world is that you can only have a botanical-style aquarium if you have tinted water. Not true. A little carbon, a lot of pre-soaking of your leaves and botanicals, and crystal-clear botanical-style aquarium is yours. The other misconception which has hung around forever is that anytime you have tinted water, it's soft and acidic. It seems that we have this mental equivocation that brown water equals soft acidic water. And the reality is that this is simply not true. It's part of the reason why we received lots of emails from hobbyists wondering, you know, why their extremely hard alkaline water is still just that after adding a ton of leaves and seed pods to their tank. In my opinion, we as a hobby often have expectations, you know, created by a fundamental lack of understanding about the habitats that we seek to represent. We rely on stuff like, I heard that, or this guy on YouTube said, rather than taking the time to do some homework for ourselves. It's a shame, really. And as a result, we fall back on generalizations and characterizations that are not entirely consistent with the facts, which leads to confusion, the propagation of misinformation, and even disappointment among hobbyists. It is absolutely possible to have a deeply tinted aquarium with 8.4 pH and a GH of like 10 or more. The color simply indicates the presence of tannins and humic substances in the water, both of which will have surprisingly little impact on the characteristics of hard alkaline water. I've seen this in nature many times. In fact, many hard alkaline bodies of water still have stained brownish water because of the presence of soils and leaves and other plant materials. Is it black water? Well, not in the strict ecological definition. 
Ecologists will tell you that black water has a different ionic composition than so-called white water, as it's very low in sodium, magnesium, calcium, and potassium, and has an acidic pH because of lack of buffering capacity, low dissolved solids, and a high concentration of tannins and fulvic acids present in the water. That's science. And you can nuance it all you want, but facts are facts. When I see these arguments on hobbyist forums and uh, you know about what the definition of a blackwater aquarium is, and I'm tapped to give my two cents worth, I typically will chime in with something like, it's an aquarium in which the water characteristics are, insert descriptor above, <laughs> you know, colors and everything. The color is only a partial indicator of blackwater in the literal sense. Not all dark water rivers and streams are blackwater in the technical sense. I've kept several successful tinted brackish water aquariums that look, you know, for all the world like what you'd expect to see in the Orinoco or somewhere like that, except that they were hard alkaline and had a specific gravity of 1.010. Would you call it a black water system? I mean, you could, but you'd be wrong. Nature offers a lot of other examples. I haven't done a ton of research into the habitats of wild live bears, but I've seen quite a few pics of their natural habitats from underwater, and the water was anything but crystal clear and blue-white. Rather, it was turbid, slightly brownish, and decidedly hard and alkaline. This is something that we as hobbyists have to get our heads around, too. Call over the water is simply not indicative of the pH, the hardness, and you know other characteristics uh, of, the, uh, of the habitat. And as we've discussed many times before, even the clarity of the water has no bearing on its quality. It's a distinction that neophytes to our world should make note of. The rap on blackwater aquariums for some time was that they looked dirty, and this was largely based on our bias towards what we're familiar with. And of course, in the wild, there might be some turbidity because of the runoff of soils in the surrounding forests, incomplete decomposed leaves, you know, current, rain, etc., etc., etc. None of the possible causes of turbidity uh, in these natural watercourses represent a threat to the quality per se. Rather, they're a visual sign of an influx of dissolved materials that contribute to the richness of the environment. It's what's normal for this habitat. It's the arena in which we play in uh, with our blackwater botanical style aquariums as well. Now, my obsession with brackish habitats has over the years gotten me far, far away from the hobby-supported mindset that these aquariums are supposed to be crystal clear and contain white sand and gray rocks. The reality of nature is completely different. Mangrove habitats are another great example of you can't tell a book by its cover. The water is not exactly crystal clear and it's often colored. Muddy, nutrient-rich, filled with mangrove leaves, and stained a bit from tannins. Beautiful in a very different, yet oddly compelling way. And of course, turbidity caused by sedimentation and the dissolution of soils into the water creates an entirely different class of natural aquatic ecosystems. With our recent obsession with substrates, we've been able to replicate many of the characteristics of these unique, heavily terrestrial-influenced systems by using materials which replicate the composition of the soils surrounding these aquatic habitats. Obviously, in the closed environment that is an aquarium, stuff dissolving into the water may have a significant impact on the overall quality. Even though it may be normal in a blackwater or brackish aquarium to have all of these dissolved leaves and botanicals, this could be problematic, excuse me, I should have said in a blackwater or brackish environment, to have all these dissolved leaves and botanicals. This could be problematic in the aquarium if nitrate, phosphate, and other DOCs contribute to a higher bioload, bacteria count, etc. It's why testing and monitoring, coupled with regular maintenance practices, are of paramount importance in a botanical-style aquarium of any kind. Again, though, I think we need to contemplate the difference between water quality as expressed by the measure of compounds like nitrate, phosphate, and visual clarity. As you might surmise, it's absolutely possible to have a turbid, tinted, you know, aquarium and fantastic water quality. 
in my home aquariums and in many of the really great natural looking black water aquariums I've seen, the water is dark, almost turbid or soupy as one of my fellow botanical style aquarium geeks refers to it. You might see the faintest hit of stuff in the water, perhaps a bit of fines from leaves breaking down, some dislodged biofilms, pieces of leaves, etc. Just like you do in nature. Chemically, it has undetectable nitrate and phosphate, clean by aquarium standards. Sure, by municipal drinking water standards, color and clarity are important and can indicate a number of potential issues, but we're not talking about drinking water here, are we? So the whole thing of water color and the practice of utilizing botanical materials and substrates to influence the look, characteristics, and ecology of an aquarium is a dynamic, constantly evolving art. The moniker natural botanical style aquarium is so much more descriptive of the type of work that we do as a community, rather than just falling back on the default to blackwater aquariums because the water has a sort of tint to it. To pigeonhole the many different approaches that we all take into one category like blackwater is to overlook the dynamic diverse and utterly compelling variety of aquatic habitats that the world has to offer. Let's concentrate more on the practices that, you know, rather than the quantification and descriptions. Those will sort themselves out over time as we refine our practices, ideas, and executions. We need not limit what we do to overly specific categories just for the sake of convenience. Rather, let's celebrate the art and science of the natural botanical style aquariums and see where our imagination, ideas, and nature take us. Stay creative. Stay inspired. Stay curious. Stay studious, stay unbounded by convention, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of the day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.